Now, it's time for the Tim Donnelly Show on the talk of the New River Valley. 1017, 1035, and 1460 WRAD. Good morning, everybody. Welcome into the Tim Donnelly Show, WRAD Radio Network, 101.7, 103.5, 1460 AM as well. I'm Tim Donnelly alongside producer Lobro here inside the Makadu studio. Guests and callers do join us on the Baker Team Hotline. That's 540-639-4900, 540-639-4900 for the Baker Team Hotline. Happy Valentine's Day to to everyone out there. Hopefully you have a uh, either a, a hot date tonight or... Uh, some other uh, fun thing date. that could happen. I don't know. There's Galentines, there's Palentines, and there's Valentines. See, I just started hearing the whole Galentines thing. I, the the Palentines is like is also new to me. I've never heard of that one either. Galentines would be yeah, like a cu- couple of ladies having a ladies' night. Palentines, couple of bros having a bros' night. Valentines is huh. a couple having a, having a couple's night. Everybody can celebrate. I mean, let's be real. The whole thing is about the chocolate, anyway. Yeah, I was gonna say, like, just wait the day after, too. Like that, some of us celebrate the day after because you know the half price candy at the grocery store. Do you? Do you're it, well. First of all, first of all, you're engaged now. This is your first Valentine's engaged. Oh yeah. Do you have it in in writing somewhere that you can wait till the day after Valentine's to celebrate Valentine's? There is no amount of of anxiety, like the the male the the dude in a relationship whose lady has told him let's not exchange gifts for valentines this year or let's celebrate next weekend because you're you're rolling into valentines day basically just you know pure in 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 their hands because if they want to get mad that you didn't do anything they can get mad even if they told you it, it's it's a lot of anxiety when it's like let's not exchange gifts this year you better come with something small you better have something meaningful, even if it doesn't cost a lot. But even if it's like that, it's still, like, you know, you still kind of have to kind of go above their expectations. Even if they tell you, like, oh, just want something small, you kind of have to yeah. try to exceed those expectations. That whole let's celebrate next weekend thing. It's not real. I, I never I never go. Because then you just end up in the argument going, you said next weekend. I have a lot of plans, but for next weekend. So I would, I would, my advice to you as a newly, you're, you are newly engaged is just hit the dates you're supposed to hit. Don't, don't try to move them around too much. Uh, and, and never listen to let's not do anything this year. They always want to do something. Even they're probably hearing this, right? Your fiance might be hearing this going, no, I'm real. I really meant it. I, I really, nah, you keep telling yourself that. Nah. Right. Deep down. They want something for something for the gram at least. Something to put on Instagram. Exactly. Show off to their friends. Oh, yeah. Uh, so it's it's Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's Day. All jokes aside, I hope everyone has a, a wonderful holiday. Uh, and and hopefully, um, I mean, hopefully you have so- something going on tonight. But if not, right, you still might find yourself at a happy hour. You might find yourself at a kid's sporting event. It's still basketball season. Uh, and, and if you are there and there's conversation about sports, we want to make sure you're covered up. Uh, especially if you know over the last couple of days you've been getting ready for Valentine's Day, haven't been able to catch the game. That's where we come in. This is Got You Covered. No one has time to catch all the games. Don't worry. Tim will get you covered. And we're going to start by getting you covered with the biggest news of the upcoming weekend. You may think it's golf. You may think it's the NBA All-Star Game. You may think it's college football recruiting. You may think it's all of these other things, the Astros. 
Oh, no, no, no. It is the XFL week number two. Four more games. And get this. Two of the games are between undefeated teams. There's only eight teams in, eight teams in the league, but all four that won last weekend are matched up against each other. The New York, New York Guardians are taking on the D.C. Defenders in D.C. Both are 1-0, which means two of the most recognizable names in the league, Cardale Jones, he who won a national championship at Ohio State, and Matt McGloin, he who started half a season in the NFL with the Oakland Raiders, are going up against each other. That's right, by the end of this week, there will be one less undefeated team in the XFL. The other 1-0 versus 1-0 battle features the St. Louis Battlehawks, led by Jordan Tamu and uh, DeMornay Pearson L., and the Houston Roughnecks, which of course are my team and likely yours as well because it has Cam Phillips, former Hokie, on the Houston Roughnecks. Those two teams, again, 1-0 each by the end of this week. The, the undefeated teams will be cut in half, but we can guarantee that going into week three, there will be at least two undefeated squads in the XFL. The four teams that did not win last week, Tampa Bay Vipers, Seattle Dragons, Dallas Renegades, LA Wildcats, they will all also be playing this weekend as the XFL gets week number two started. Zion Williamson for the second consecutive game put up a quote-unquote career high. Feels a little crazy calling it a career high considering he's been playing for 11 games or whatever it's been. Um, but he put up 32 points and, in the process, made himself the youngest player in NBA history. From the beginning of the NBA till now, he is the youngest player to score 20-plus points in six consecutive games. Now, that includes the likes of Kobe Bryant, LeBron James, uh, Tracy McGrady, some of these guys that went straight from high school to the pros. Zion did not do that, did play the one year at Duke, but he is still the youngest player to score 20-plus points in six straight games I think it's time we start talking about him as a dark horse candidate to win the the Rookie of the Year award, even though he was not around for the first part of the season. Moving right along, the Astros were forced to apologize by public perception, and they got up in front of a podium and or in front of their lockers, and just like a six-year-old whose mom said, you go apologize, they walked up there and said the words with absolutely no meaning behind them at all they might as well have gone sorry and then run into the other room to keep creating mischief they did not come across as sincere at all and that includes owner Jim Crane who basically said we cheated but that didn't affect anything we would have won anyway without the cheating first of all I completely disagree Uh, why would you cheat if it didn't affect anything second of all have some contrition show some remorse you know this is a PR battle A lot of conversations about what's going to go on with the Astros when they get in the batter's box this upcoming year. Uh, Many people expecting a ton of bean balls, which essentially means 95-mile-an-hour fastballs to the face in order for them to get a little bit of payback. Now, if you listen to this show, you know that I think that is ridiculous. It is dangerous, and and as a pitcher, I would not potentially want that blood on my hands knowing that if someone got seriously hurt, I had done it on purpose. But what I will say is if you are baseball and you quote-unquote self-govern and you let the players take care of it and you're not going to punish any of the players that cheated, then I think you have to expect the self-governing system, which is the 95-mile-an-hour fastball to the face, is going to take care of what you refuse to take care of. So if I were the Astros, one thing I would get used to doing uh, is is fighting. (laughs) 
<laughs> I'd have to get used to charging the mound. And if you look at the Hokies today, or I should say tomorrow when they take on Pittsburgh, priority number one is simply get a win. The Hokies have lost six of their last seven. They were 13-4 and four at one point in time. Now they have 10 losses and 14 wins. So that can just show you where their season has gone. So by any means necessary, get Landers Nolly, get Tyrese Radford, get Jalen Cohn going offensively. Pittsburgh is very much a good matchup for the Hokies. No one over six feet, six inches tall averages more than five points for Pittsburgh. Their three leading scorers are all underclassmen for Pittsburgh, which means many of their weaknesses match up with the Hokies' weaknesses. The Hokies can go ahead and get a win, knock off, knock themselves off that schneid if they do what they're supposed to do this weekend. Welcome back. That was Gotcha Covered here on the Tim Donnelly Show, WRAD 101.7, 103.5, a.m. Lobro had an awesome day yesterday. I mean, every day is an awesome day, clearly. Went to see Sonic. Oh, my gosh. You will never like Cinematic it masterpiece. It's honestly not as bad as you think. It's it not. Really isn't. It's not good, and I, and, and I will not figure it out. But I... <laughs> The, the part that I find hilarious is I've if you listen to the show, you know I, I've been getting on Lobro to to watch movies that aren't involving superheroes. He tried to claim Sonic the Hedgehog <laughs> is a movie that doesn't involve a superhero, even though there is a hedgehog with superpowers. Like that's oh, that's the normal, like that's the drama, right? Like that's the Oscar quality movie that he saw <laughs> in between watching a, a Batman, Superman, and Iron Man. I never said it was Oscar worthy. I just said it was it was entertaining. You said it wasn't a superhero movie. Okay, it's. I guess there's not a whole lot of movies you can really classify as talking blue hedgehog movies. It's a superhero. <laughs> it's a video game superhero movie. Watch a movie that has to do with people in real situations. I will eventually. But for now, I want laser explosions. There. Gosh, uh, let's move along. Speaking of superheroes, Zion Williamson. Career-high 32 points. I feel ridiculous calling it a career-high because his career is about as long as, uh, I don't know, Lobro's attention span. Um, what was that? Well, exactly. Um, he's the youngest ever, Zion is, the youngest ever in the history of the league, which means uh, LeBron, Kobe, T-Mac, uh, every straight from, the, uh, straight from high school to the pros player, every one-and-done player, KD, uh, all of them. He's the youngest player ever to score 20-plus points in six consecutive games. A couple of 30-burgers in there um, a- a- as well. Um, and the question becomes, is he for real? And the question becomes, should we let ourselves feel like he is for real? Because he- here's what I believe is 100% true about Zion Williamson. I believe he is the real deal when he's on the court, Right? If you watch the game last night, the the offensive rebounds, the putbacks, the uh, mouse in the house. You know what mouse in the house is? No. Mouse in the house brings me like uh, like flashbacks to the war uh, back from when I was a small guy, right? Because I, I grew late. I grew junior year in high school on. I was a, a small guy before that. Mouse in the house is what you yell when you're a big guy and a small guy is guarding you. You go down into the post and you yell at your teammates, mouse in the house, and that means get you the ball. You're about to bully the smaller player that is guarding you. Uh, Zion Williamson, mouse in the house all the time. No matter who's guarding him, 
They can't put up with his physical nature. He goes down low, clears out space, uses his wide rump to clear out space, uh, and then jumps up and lays it, lays it in, dunks it in, whatever he's got to do. Uh, he's the real deal. right? And, I, and, and it's one of those things where you're like, even when he was in high school, right? he wasn't the number one recruit in the country. Everyone was going, all right, but does that translate to college? Then he got to college and we went, oh, it does. But does it translate to the NBA? Now he's in the NBA and we're like, oh, it does. But, but here's the problem. And here's the problem. It's not even a problem. Here's the concern, to use a better word, about Zion Williamson. Nobody in the history of the world has been that explosive at that size playing in a sport that is played on, on hard court, that is played on hardwood, right? There's 6'7", 270-pound explosive athletes that play defensive end. Right there's six, seven, two hundred seventy-five uh, pound athletes that play tight end, but guess what? They play on grass, they play on turf, and they're not jumping quite as often. They're digging into the ground and driving, but they're not leaping. Zion Williamson is a large defensive end who hurdles his body into the air dozens of times a night. And the thing about it is when you hurdle yourself dozens of times into the air as high and as powerfully as he does, that is just as much force coming back into the ground. Do you, do you ever take uh, physics? Uh, nah, I took uh, dual biology my senior year. What the heck is dual biology? Dual enrollment biology. You get college credits. It's basically oh. just so it's, it's like an AP class. It's yeah, it's just, okay. yeah. It's just like it's like hard biology, and it was not fun either. I took AP physics. Mister Stearns, uh, rest in peace, passed passed away a couple years ago. Um, but but uh, I don't remember much. But what I do remember is the velocity at which you throw a ball up is the exact same velocity of which it when it comes down. Wait, really? Yes, because it's going to go up based in the, it, it's. I can't explain it. I just remember that there's there's equations to figure all of this out, and I had to memorize them, and then I took the test, and the moment I was walking out of that testing room, it was all forgotten. But, uh, but like, if you throw a ball up, when it comes down at the same place where you threw it from, it's going to be the same same speed. I'm so confused by that because you think, it, well, I guess this isn't a ball. I mean, I could, I could go into it, right? There's terminal velocity. I think it's like – uh, 9.8 meters per second squared or something. It, it decelerates by that on the way up and then accelerates by that on the way down. This is this is going to be a ridiculous There's, thing. Right now, there is a physics teacher somewhere saying Tim has absolutely no idea what he's talking oh, they're about. about to, they're about to think that about me, too. Because, like, okay, so if you threw it up really high, I'm so confused by that. Because as it gets higher, like, maybe the speed or whatever is going to, like, slow down. But then you think about dropping a penny off the Empire State you're, Building. You're, you're, you're thinking about it in, in, in all of the wrong ways. Again, this is a weird physics lesson. But, uh... <laughs> You throw it up. The faster you throw it up, the higher it's going to go, which means the longer it's going to have to build speed on the way down. So it's going to be as if it's being thrown back down. Dude. Exactly. So anyway, that's neither here nor there. But my point is because I know that I remember that one thing from Mister Stern's class. Um, I know that when Zion hurdles his 270 pounds up, it's going to come down at the same speed, right? So he is plummeting into the ground. His knees, his ankles, his joints, his hips, his back. Right, they're they're bearing the weight of that every single time he does it. So if you're okay with the maybe this guy will get hurt, then yeah, he's the most legit of the legit. He's the real deal. Get behind him. But if you're a little concerned about that, you don't want to set yourself up for disappointment. Temper your expectation. Let's take a break. When we come back, 
All-Star Game. How can they properly tribute Kobe Bryant? Next. He can't change the rules, but he has a microphone. Tim Donnelly is the sports dictator. More of the Tim Donnelly Show next on WRAD. Welcome back into the Tim Donnelly Show. Talk of the New River Valley, WRAD, 101.7, 103.5, and 1460 AM as well. I'm Tim Donnelly alongside producer Lobro here inside the Mockadoo studio. Guests and callers join us on the Baker team hotline. Um, that had a nice rhythm to it. I like the way that sounded. Yeah, you kind of you had you were like a conducting an invisible orchestra there. Um, here's the deal. Obviously, Kobe Bryant is going to be a a uh, overarching presence at the All Star Game this weekend. He won the dunk contest, four time All Star Game MVP, one of the greatest players, eighteen time All Star. So, so you know, there he's going to to be felt at the All Star Weekend. Uh, one team will be wearing all number 24. The other team will be wearing all number two, uh, which 24 for Kobe, two for, for Gianna Bryant, his daughter who, who passed away in the, the helicopter crash along with him. Um, and, and one of the things we've been discussing here over the last couple of weeks is how to proper honor, properly honor Kobe. And I would say more so beyond this year. This year, there's going to be a lot of one-off tributes, right? Jennifer Hudson's going to sing at the All-Star Game. I'm sure there will be a tribute video. I'm sure tears will be shed. But the thing is, how do you make it so next year his name pops up, right? Maybe it's not as dramatic and overhanging as it is this year, but his name pops up, and it gives everyone a chance to say, oh, yeah, Kobe, let's let's remember the good times. Let's remember the drive. Let's remember the championships. Let's remember the MVPs. Um, and, and for a while, it looked like there was a groundswell for making the logo Kobe Bryant. Doesn't look like that's going to happen. So I'm, I'm on to my next. Ready? All-Star Game MVP. The Kobe Bryant Award. Here's why. Hear me out. One, he won the award four times, right? So it's something that we can connect with him. It's not, you know, taking Shaq and giving him the free throw shooting award, right? It's 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 Kobe, something he did well, name the award after him. The other is to to remind everybody that with a guy like Kobe, exhibition game doesn't mean anything, right? Not being a real game doesn't mean anything. If you put that guy on a court anywhere, he is going to try to rip your will to live out of your chest. Right? That is what he does. He wants to rip your competitive spirit out and 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 basically dance on it as he scores more and more points. That's why he won All-Star Game MVPs, right? Practice was important in his games. Exhibitions were as important in his games. Championships were awesome in what he was fighting for, but he put the same amount of work into a championship game six as he did into an off-season workout. Uh, All-Star Games are a chance to remind everybody that you could sit there and, and goof off and not take it seriously, or you could be like Kobe and say, when I'm on a, a court, with all of the best players, I am going to make sure that I am the best of those best players. All-Star Game MVP. If they come out and name it as the Kobe Bryant Award, I would be all in on it. Let's take a break. When we come back, XFL this weekend. We got a full weekend of football, baby. That's coming up next. Tim Donnelly show continuing here on the talk of the New River Valley. So this weekend, the XFL is back for weekend number two. 
XFL weekend number two might be the most important weekend in XFL history. This weekend, more so than week one, definitely more so than week three, right? And here's why. We were talking movies earlier. Kind of. We were talking attempts at movies earlier. Movies that Lobro uh, okay. movies Just that Lobro move watches. Move on. Uh, I'll, I'll move on when I want to move on. When when you start watching adult movies. Um, no, I, I enjoy like a like a superhero movie as well. I've cool. I've said that many times. I just also like to watch movies with out superheroes. That's fair. I respect that. Um, but here's the thing: the most important weekend for a movie when it comes to making money, you you might think it's week one number one, right? Because uh, we always hear about opening weekend totals, right? It made 150 million in the domestic box. It made all of this worldwide, globally box office numbers week one, the biggest opening in this month, the biggest opening for this type of movie, the biggest opening for this type of uh, genre, for this rating, right? The biggest rated R opening. Like we hear that all the time. But in actuality, when it comes to like studios making their money, when it comes to studios deciding if they want to turn this one-off movie into a franchise? If it, When it comes to, is this person that was the lead in this movie a superstar? Are they a movie star, bona fide? The, the question has nothing to do with week number one. It has everything to do with week number two. Right? If week number two, the box office is 10% of what they made week number one, do you know what that says? Terrible word of mouth. Awful word of mouth. But if you have a movie that makes 75% of the the week one box office and week number two, you know that movie has legs. And you know it's going to be in the top couple of movies for the next 10 weeks, and it's going to make a billion dollars, and there's going to be action figures, and there's going to be a franchise, and suddenly there's going to be strange things like uh, if you see the, the Fast and the Furious franchise, People coming back from the dead, right? If you see Marvel Cinematic Universe, people coming back from the dead. Because the moviegoers, or excuse me, the movie studios are saying, wait, 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 we can't let that person die. That's another billion dollars in our bank account. And all of that is because week number two proved to be solid. So if you're the XFL, you're looking at the numbers this weekend. Ratings, right? How much interest is there? How many tweets are there during the game? How many highlights are shared during the game? And and the reason you are doing that is because you're trying to find out if your league has legs. You're trying to see if your league will come back. You're trying to see if your league had positive word of mouth. Now, I would like to think we've done our part here on this show to have positive word of mouth of, uh, mouth of the, the XFL, right? We've been pretty positive on it. If you are somebody who is a casual football fan, but on a Saturday or Sunday afternoon, when, when you're taking your well-earned two hours of rest and relaxation, you like to have a game on the screen and last week, you, you were hesitant to put the XFL on because, heck, you might only have two or three hours of rest and relaxation all week, and you didn't want to take a chance on something you didn't know about, and then you listened to this show all week on your way into work. There's a good chance this upcoming week you're going to go, hey, you know what? Tim did a lot of talking about the XFL. He's a football guy. He enjoyed it. 
maybe myself as a football guy or gal will enjoy it as well. Word of mouth is the best, one of the best ways to advertise something. I mean, it's, it's, like, it, it's, it's like, cause you know, you're about, you're likely to believe your friend or the, you're the radio show host or something that talks about mm-hmm. it. And, and, and same with movies, same with anything else, right? Exactly. That's how you get uh, something to, to grow a bit. So looking towards this weekend, let's look at the games. First of all, in a excellent bit of serendipity, uh, there, there's two games that feature teams that won last week. And there are two games that feature teams that lost last week. So through two weeks, there's going to be, let me do some quick math. Two teams that are owing, two teams that are owing one, excuse me, owing two, two teams that are two and oh, and four teams that are one and one. That's pretty good parody. Which teams it is still up for grabs, but that's pretty good parody. Guardians, Defenders. You're a Guardians fan, correct? No. I think we decided you're a Guardians fan. No, we decided, I think it was Renegades, maybe. Okay. the cool, like, Western logo. Okay, so you're a Renegades fan. We'll get to them. They're 0-1, by the way. Uh, Oh, man. Guardians against the Defenders. Probably the two premier quarterbacks in this league from last last week. Cardale Jones for the, the D.C. Defenders. Two throws into his XFL career. Two throws. The crowd started chanting MVP. (laughs) <laughs> which is which is awesome, right? Because he was the name they recognized. He was playing well early on, and they were like, that's it. We're all in on this guy. That is one of the craziest things about the XFL, just how quickly everyone has pushed all their chips into the middle of the table, right? Uh, they, they were chanting Cardale Jones MVP two throws into his XFL career. Um, for the New York Guardians, who they're playing against, I had a buddy from my time when I, when I grew up in New Jersey that was at the New York Guardians event. And he was telling me, he, he was texting me during the game. I was like, what is the vibe at an XFL game? And he said, Ev- uh, everyone in his section, they were talking, and they were already using we. They were already saying, I think we got a pretty good team. All we need to do is make sure Matt McGloin stays healthy. We. It was the first game they had ever played ever. And fans were already so involved that they felt a part of it enough to say we. So these two teams, the Guardians and the Defenders, might be from a fan standpoint, from a success standpoint, from a a quarterbacking standpoint, might be the two healthiest franchises in the league. They're both 1-0, both won fairly handily, both made plays. I mean, that's that's... That's a Monday night football game. You know what I mean? That's a that that's the the game of the week. This whole thing just still feels so odd to me. Yeah, I mean, we're just starting from scratch, but everyone's jumping on third base. Like no one's no, no one's taking their time. Tampa Bay Vipers against the Seattle Dragons, which I don't know if this was intentional, and I'm sure it was, but I just picked up on it. Seattle Dragons, what's the abbreviation for Seattle? S E A C so when you put Seattle Dragons with the abbreviation, they're the Sea Dragons. That makes it sound a little more cool, maybe. You started that sentence very confident, and you yeah. ended it with absolutely no confidence. Yeah, you were kind of looking at me like, uh, Lober, what are you saying? Well, I, ju- I just don't know if Dragons are cool in any respect. I mean, they're cool, but just maybe not naming your football team after it. But anyway, the Tampa Bay Vipers, Seattle Dragons, two of the least impressive teams from a week ago, are playing each other. The Vipers have already a quarterback controversy, which is hilarious. 
Hilarious. This whole league started in like three-fourths of the way through the season. Right? You have MVP chance. You have fans already buying in. You have one team that had a quarterback controversy in like the second quarter. Right? Aaron Murray, former Georgia quarterback, uh, played in the NFL for a while as a backup, was supposed to be the quarterback for the Vipers. He throws a couple of early interceptions. Quentin Flowers, who's a dual-threat quarterback, is, is in there, and, and he's making a couple plays, and suddenly the Vipers, one season into their existence, one season, in, or excuse me, one game, not one season, one game into their existence wearing those hideously ugly lime green, highlighter green uniforms, have a quarterback controversy. I'd expect we see more Quentin Flowers against the Sea Dragon. Sea Dragons have no stars. They're not interesting to talk about. Uh, Dallas Renegades, your squad. Oh, boy. Against the LA Wildcats. Another 0-1 against 0-1 game. So neither team has won. Someone's coming out of there with their first win. Renegades have Lance Dunbar. Dunbar's a stud. Running back, NFL experience. If it's good enough for the Cowboys, it's good enough for the Renegades. Wildcats have some guy named Chad Kanoff. If the Renegades don't win this one, Lobro, could be a long season for you. I mean, it's already been a long season. One one weekend. Uh, <laughs> and and you're committed, so I just want you to know there's there's no bandwagon jumping here. If they lose this one and they're 0-2 and it's an ugly 0-2 and, and you're there's no you can't go be like, oh, I'm a Guardians fan. I thought you were a Guardians fan, but you you corrected well, me. Well, you you told, corrected me. Well, yeah, because they're you know they're my team. But also, you did tell me yet yeah, we were trying to pick teams. Thing was like Monday or something, and I was like, well, I was gonna go with the Guardians, but you were like, well, I don't know if they'll take kindly to someone in new, someone not from the area jumping in on that Maybe. bandwagon. Because you, you could have fought me. Weed. You could have fought me. You're your own. Yeah, you're your own but, person. But to be it sounds like you're trying to deflect blame. You are but, your own person. But to be completely honest, like I like to pick my mascots, and I still think the Renegades have one of the coolest. Like, well, is that really a mascot? The icon, like Logo. icons, logos, whatever. Like, I'm all in on that stuff. And plus, they got like the cool like dark blue, right? So hey. That's plus plus as well. I'm just saying they might be very bad. Um, I hope they're not really bad. Just jumping to my team, the Houston Re- uh, Roughnecks, taking on the St. Louis Battlehawks. I still don't know what's the difference between a hawk and a battlehawk. I just think it's like, okay, battle is a cool word. Hawk's a cool word. Let's just smash them together. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, uh, actually, I-, I like St. Louis might be my, my second team. Obviously, I'm a Roughnecks fan till I die. But uh, but the Battlehawks do have uh, DeMornay Pearsonell, who I covered when he was at Nebraska. He's a dynamic player. They have Jordan Tamu, who who is a a, a good quarterback. Um, kind of grew up in front of our eyes last week a bit. But when you look at the Roughnecks, they have Cam Phillips and they have June Jones. It looks like this league is going to come down to whose offense can get going first. Uh, you know, right. The the hardest things to pick up in short term are quarterback pass plays, uh, offensive line. Right. It needs to be a passing game. June Jones, the court, the uh, the quarterback coach, offensive coordinator, and head coach for the Roughnecks, is a monster. He is a genius when it comes to to offensive game planning. Cam Phillips is going to be the best wide receiver in the league. I think we all know that here in Hokie Nation. So uh, Roughnecks are my squad. That's just a little preview, just a little taste of what you can expect from the XFL this weekend. Uh, when we come back, Miles Garrett sat down with Mina Kimes on outside the lines. 
and uh, made some interesting accusations. We'll talk about it next. He's going to fight for your right to play ball. More of the Tim Donnelly Show is coming your way next on WRAD. Welcome back into the Tim Donnelly Show. Talk of the New River Valley, WRAD, 101.7, AM as well. Um, Lobro joining me here inside the Makadu studio. Guests and callers join us on the Baker Team Hotline, 540-639-4900. Miles Garrett did a sit-down interview with Mina Kimes on Outside the Lines. Miles Garrett, we discussed the other day, had his uh, reinstatement into the NFL made official after smashing Mason Rudolph over the head with a helmet. And Miles Garrett made an accusation that makes everything a little bit more interesting to, to Mina Kimes. He said that Mason Rudolph, the quarterback at the time for the Pittsburgh Steelers, called him a stupid, followed by a racial slur. And, and if you're wondering, it's, it's the racial slur that you're thinking. Okay, I'm not going to even uh, allude to it on, uh, on the radio, but it's, it's the bad one, right? Now, what I will say is if that accusation is true, right, and, and Mason has denied it wholeheartedly and the league has said that through their investigation they found no evidence of it, but what evidence could they find? It, it's a bit of he, he said, he said, and they were the only two in the room, right? No one is going to know if that word was used in that way at that time, except for Mason Rudolph and Miles Garrett. But if it was, here's what I can tell you. If Mason Rudolph said what Miles Garrett has claimed he said, it is a death wish on a football field. It is a death wish on on a football field, it's a death wish in a lot of situations, but absolutely on a football field. You have to think of where these players are at mentally when you're playing football. You have to be teetering on the edge of reckless aggression because you have to play with reckless aggression, which means one even even indirect slur ends up with a, with a Vesuvius erupting. Right or wrong? Right. And, and, and you could say that, Hey, if he said it, Miles Garrett should have gone to the referee. He should have gone to the league. He should have gone to his coach. He should not have ripped the helmet off of Mason Rudolph and slammed him over the head with it. But again, their emotions would be teetering on the edge of chaos already because that's where you live. When you play football, you live right up on that limit. You have to. You have to be trying to hurt the person in front of you uh, until you, you reach a certain point where you pull back at the last second. So, so it makes it a more interesting conversation. It obviously opens the door for Mason Rudolph being a complete punk and a jerk and all of those things and a racist if, if, he, if he did say what, what Miles Garrett said he said. See, this is what I'm talking about. Any any sentence with that many saids is difficult for us to know what the heck is going on. Right? You ever have that, that bit of gossip? Well, Big Nate said that Lobro said that I said. It's like the telephone game. It's like, okay, well, the more saids that are in that conversation, the less we're actually going to know 
what was was spoken in reality. So, you know, Miles Garrett said that Mason Rudolph said, ah, we're starting to get to that point where, where it's difficult to believe anybody. I'll just leave it at this real quickly. And, I, and you know, I'm not trying to, to assign guilt. I'm not trying to assign innocence. I'm not in that business. But if it was said, Mason Rudolph probably deserved to get smacked over the head with a helmet. If it was not said, then Miles Garrett is a monster for trying to make this about something other than him losing his cool in a football game. That's a lot of ifs. It's a lot of saids. It's a lot of non-conclusive. And unfortunately, I don't think we're going to get the all of the answers. Until you get to the point where every player in the NFL is mic'd up 100% of the time and all of those clips are available to the public, then we're just not going to know what these guys are yelling at each other on the bottom of the pile. We're going to take a break. When we come back, the Virginia Tech Hokie basketball team has a big game tomorrow. We'll talk about it next. <laughs> 